to the board game community show. I'm your host, Riley Stark. Join me as I get to know folks in this community. They could be designers or streamers, podcasters, YouTubers, publishers, whatever. Really anything with a nerd at the end of its title is welcome here on the board game community show. 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 Welcome to the board game community show. Today I am joined by Mitch Walls from Emma's for Meeple. He does a YouTube channel with his, is it your wife? Uh, Fiance. We actually just got engaged Monday. Uh, Last last week Monday. So yeah. Congratulations. That's really exciting. Thank you. I, I mean, yeah. How are you doing? That's what I normally ask, but I'm doing doing great. Um, she's very stressed out with all this wedding planning and relatives coming at her about what. Oh, when's your date? And like, are you going to invite such and such? It's like we are just kind of uh, taking it all in right now. Yeah, like we got we got engaged. Isn't that enough? Exactly. <laughs> Is there a time frame that you want to get married? Uh, she's flipping through a magazine right now as as we were talking. Uh, that's like how to get married in 16 to nine months. And I was like, well, in 16 months, I'll be 32 or, or very close to it. And I was like, I would prefer to get married before 32. But at, at this point, you know, I'm going to be with you for the rest of my life, whether we get married, you know, in nine months or 20 months, however you want to do it. So. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. We got married in three months. Oh, that's so, quick. That, I feel like that's quick from according to what this magazine was saying. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, let's do this fast. And that, we, a couple times during the planning stages, we almost went to the courthouse and we're like, let's just go there and not have, fa- you know, like grab a witness yeah. and be done with it. Yeah. I mean, we've already had that discussion once or twice now. We're like, oh man, <laughs> let's just, <laughs> let's, let's elope and just have a party later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's a great, great way to go. Honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always joke that it's like people say it's the happiest day of my life. It was the happiest day of my life. And I'm like, really? Cause that was so stressful. Like, Oh my gosh. It's like nonstop that entire day. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> if it is your happiest day of your life. Great. I'm happy for you. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want it to all be downhill from that, that point. Like, oh, I would no, hope see, I would have happier days ahead. Yeah. I feel like every, yeah, exactly. Like the honeymoon is way more fun. The like, Certain ops or certain moments in the life uh, are way higher, I think, than than that day. That's just cel- it kind of celebration. I mean, it is a celebration. But yeah. anyways, let me ramble at you about weddings here. <laughs> we could talk about that for the whole hour. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you two been together? Uh, oh, geez. If I get this wrong and she listens to it. I'm in trouble. Uh, let's see. We've been together uh, six years. It will be seven, September 29th. Hey, there you go. Yeah. That was even the date. And there's it's, no editing here. So it was fast. Exactly. It was on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> you knew. Yeah, absolutely. 
See Morgan brownie points. <laughs> uh, and you both have been, you've been doing the videos together since, well, I guess for the last four months, five months. Uh, yeah, we uh, launched, launched. I, I don't know if it's the proper term, but we yeah. did our first video end of January. I think January 31st was when we did it, but I did months of research on like keywords and thumbnails and, and how to oh. how to start a channel. And even then, I still did some mistakes when I was starting out and I'm, I continue to make mistakes. Yeah. I mean, I always tell people when you want to get into content creation, just just start. Just go yeah. for it. You know, you can yep. figure it out. You can make mistakes. And a lot of times people will be joining you months and months later after you've already learned so much. Uh, no matter. I, I started researching maybe in October about making a YouTube channel and there's just no amount of research is going to prepare you for what you'll learn by doing the videos, meeting the people and talking to other content creators about what they've done, what's worked for them where just being in the discords and actively talking to uh, several creators has, has helped tremendously and, and just following and seeing what's working for them is it's great. That is awesome. Yeah. I, I, that's 100% what you should do is just talk to other people and get that information. I wish I had done that more. I didn't know any podcasters. I was just like, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do, you know, like, and so I had a different podcast with a friend when I first started out and I was excited to get like, to break that 10, you know, double yeah. digits at first, you know, like, and that took a couple months. So, uh, you, your channel is doing pretty successfully there. You've got... Yeah, no, um, I we're just broke 400 last week for subscribers. Yeah. And I, I try to not look at the, the numbers to where it's like, I feel like, oh, man, I yes. didn't get any subscribers in the last couple of days to where it like kind of bums me out to where I, I try to separate from enjoying the creation process and seeing how well it's received. But uh, I mean, if if you make a bad video, people will come out of the woodworks and, and tell you like I've I've had a couple comments to where it's just like, oh, that was your number one game. There's, that game was terrible. And I was just like, well, I mean, it was my list, not yours. So yeah. <laughs> if, if you want to share your top 10, go right ahead and tell me what your top 10 games are. But I <laughs> sorry, I'm getting sidetracked and just no, remembering no. All, all these comments that were coming through and I was. It can be hard at first uh, putting yourself out there for people to accept. Sorry, am I shouting? I, f- I feel like I'm shouting a little bit. No, I think no? it's coming up. Oh, yeah, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> Get, getting all flustered about it. Yeah, oh, I understand, though. You know, I just got my first one star review. I, I saw as soon as I saw that, I went over to Spotify, gave you five stars. Try to balance that out a little bit. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah. That, well, I mean, that helps. Yeah, I, I think the, the one star review was on something political that you guys talked about or whatnot. Yeah. Barely political. Just saying we didn't like racist or like bigotry. Right. <laughs> it's amazing how far people can just take it and run away with it. Yeah. Uh, just earlier today, I replied to a comment there. We were talking about origins and the mask mandate. And one person uh, commented on the video saying that like, Oh wow. Origins seems like a very, uh, not, not as crowded as in previous years. Uh, and I just commented saying, like, I think that's because they changed their mask mandate. Uh, they originally had uh, masks were uh, were mandatory three weeks prior, made it to where they're recommended. And then a week after that, they changed it to mandatory again. So in that that flip flopping phase, they lost a lot of people canceling and a lot of people didn't decide to repurchase tickets. 
to where that, that's all I was getting at. And this person's like, oh, I totally agree with you. The fact that they're checking uh, the people's vaccination cards and mandating masks. I'm like, that's not at all what I said. But, <laughs> like, okay, good, good for you. Uh, <laughs> that's I, not what I said or meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just talking about how they lost people. So I think I saw your comment on that. And I, I think I saw following suit and I'm like, Oh, people are definitely misunderstanding that. I'm pretty sure, you know, like, because I ran or I was helping put together an event and I think we ran into that same problem where, uh, like we weren't quite taking a stance Mm -hmm. because we didn't know what the numbers were going to be like in six months. Right. And so that was putting off some people one way or the other, like, well, I don't want to go if masks are mandated and I don't want to go if masks aren't mandated. Right. Like you just need to pick one and I would rather err on the side of safety. Yeah. That's what I, I mean, yeah, it's better to just go with one or the other, but yeah, the way they flip flopped it, I think that really, really made the crowds like, it it, it was my first convention. So I couldn't even speak to like what the crowd normally looks like. Yeah. Well, how, what, while we're talking about that, how, how was it? I know you did a video. I didn't watch it yet because I wanted to get your take from you. Uh, it, it was a blast. I got to meet so many people, uh, so many other content creators uh, in like, I, I don't call it, I don't know if you call it the business or whatnot, but uh, I, <laughs> I got biz. to meet in the biz. Yeah, uh-huh. I got to meet Professor Meg for, for a minute. Um, Devin Talks Tabletop. Uh uh, Daniel Standring, she does a lot of TikTok videos, and uh, Grant Lyons, or uh, Grant Lyon, uh, he's a stand-up comedian. He does a lot of TikTok and Instagram comedy skits with it. So, like, just meeting all these people that were also in the space, just like saying, "Hey, I love your content." It's like, pl- please do more, because it's like what <laughs> what I'm seeing is succeeding for you is what I kind of want to emulate em- uh, emulate and do on my channel. So it's like, keep it yeah. up, because like I'm not gonna steal your idea, but I'm gonna try and and do something similar. Yeah, you're inspiring others to follow suit. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, meeting those people was fantastic. Um, when we went, we decided that we wouldn't buy games that we were able to get at our friendly local gaming store. We wanted to get games that weren't accessible to us. So we came back with, I think, 20 plus games. We're going to do a haul video uh, coming up soon about all the games we brought. But a lot of them are smaller boxes. And we got, I think, only two games that were actually over $60. Uh, Cowboy Bebop, one of the deck building games, and uh, Burn Cycle. And Burn Burn Cycle, we actually, I was so mad. I had just missed the Metal Minis for Burn Cycle uh, by by just a few minutes when I came up there. Like, yeah, we just sold out. And I'm like, ah, so close. It's like there was a lot of them that you had to be there just in the nick of time. Vagrant Song was being sold there, and I had missed that one by a few minutes, but I got to meet Kyle from uh, Weird Games. Uh, Kyle was fantastic, uh, and he showed me all about Vagrant Song, and now I just even want it more. Yeah. But, but meeting the people and playing playing uh, so many demos, it was... Uh, I'm definitely going back next year. That is exciting. Are you going to go to any other cons, like... I don't think we're going to go to any cons this year, um, okay. but I, I want to go to Origins next year, and I'm probably going to go to PAX Unplugged because that one's in Philadelphia, and that one's the next closest one to me. That's what I really want to go to PAX Unplugged one year, but I think that's December. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. If I remember right, it's the week. It's it like last year. It was during my wife's birthday. I think this one, it's during her birthday again. 
And so I know I can't get her to do that on her birthday. <laughs> right. Definitely. Yeah. But whatever. It's fine. I like that rule, though, of like not buying anything that you could just get at your you know local store. That's a good rule. Get things yep. that this is the only chance. Exactly. We, yeah, our, we're we're lucky enough to have a game store that uh, backs a lot of Kickstarters to where they'll get all the the deluxe sets in and they'll get yeah. five or ten copies of it. So it's like even if we miss a Kickstarter, we can just give them a call. Be like, hey, did you did you back this? Because I mean, we missed it and let us know what it comes in. Yeah. So we're just lucky enough that our game store does that. Nice. What, what state are you in? Uh, we're in Ohio near the Cleveland area. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, nice. so Origins was just a two-hour drive for me. Ooh, that's so nice. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, so what were... Did you get to, like, play games there? Yeah. Uh, let's see. We played Gimme That. That's probably the one that sticks in my head the most, which was from uh, the people who did Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. I don't know if you've ever played that one. Uh-uh. Uh, it, well, Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza, everyone's got a stack of cards that say either Taco Cat Goat Cheese or Pizza in them. <laughs> and you have to put one down, say Taco. The next person puts one down, says Goat. The next person puts one down, says Cat. And you keep going around in circles. And if whatever card you put down matches what you say, everyone slaps in the middle and the person who slapped last gets all of those cards. And oh. the objective is to like get out of the game, essentially, and run out of all of your cards. Yeah. But uh, we played Gimme That, which is like a potato pun game to where you're you have the sheet of potatoes that you're trying to fill out one through 100. But there is only one pencil for all the players. So there's a die that each player will take turns rolling the die. And the die will be various actions. It'll be a high five to where everyone's got a, a high five who doesn't have the pencil. Meanwhile, the person with the pencil is writing one through 100 on their sheet. Next person rolls the dice. It's uh, mashed potatoes. So everyone's got to make mashed potatoes on the table. <laughs> uh, uh, so th- that one, I don't want to talk too like explain the whole game. But uh, that one stuck in my head a lot. Uh, what else did we demo? Oh, man, I got the stack here somewhere. Oh, oh, there we go. We demoed Riverside, which was a nice roll and write from um, Colossal Games. And that one we couldn't find anywhere in stores. And the fact that they were demoing it was really nice. But we talked to Matt, which I believe he is the marketing manager from Colossal Games. And he gave us um, the inside scoop how that was being uh, discounted on their website. I think $20 instead of 30. They didn't bring it to Origins, but they were playtesting it oh, and giving okay. people the little QR code. They're like, if you want to buy it, like go right on our website. We just couldn't get it here in time. Yeah. So that was really cool. Uh, we, we honestly played so many. I like my brain is kind of like racking trying to figure out <laughs> which which games we are all demoing. But those ones stick in my head for sure. Riverside and Gimme That. Nice. Uh did you when you go and play, do you play with strangers or people that you know online or is it just you and Morgan playing games? Uh, we played uh, a couple games with strangers. We played uh, Gift of Tulips uh, with three people. We had no idea, but I mean, everyone in the board game community that we've met so far has been welcoming and just introduced themselves right away. And like there was never never been a time where I felt uncomfortable meeting someone new at a game table. Um, and we also got to play some games with 
my friend Corey, uh, who does a a blog article, he writes to to the table or teach the table to where he writes articles on how to teach games. And he was working the Panasaurus booth. So after he got off working for them, we we pl- finally got to meet him face to face and we played a lot of games with him. So it was a little bit of a mix of playing games that of people that I've met online and then playing games for people I was just meeting for the first time. That's really cool. And that sounds awesome because, you know, as the board gamers, as the big board gamers, we're the ones usually teaching games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I need to check so, that blog out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, even just going to Origins and watching how all the people running a booth uh, teach their games was it was just mind blowing to where they teach these games to dozens of people, if not hundreds of people like every day as as people are coming through their booths. And I feel like I had a board game awakening there to where as I was being taught games, I was almost getting one step ahead to where I'm like, oh, yeah, that would resolve from left to right. And then from top to bottom, that makes sense. And then just a second later, the guy said it. And I was like, oh, I'm like a, a precog board gamer <laughs> to where I'm learning the rules before they're being spoken. Yeah. It's where I, I was just on the spot to where later when I went to uh, teach my friend Corey uh, a few games after he got off, I, I feel like I even taught better games better after seeing better people teach them. That is interesting. You know, like just being able to, see how people approach it and go in different order or like some games I find are easier to teach back. Like, uh, have you seen or played Wonderland's war? I have seen so much about it and I'm, I'm mad I didn't buy it because my, <laughs> my local game store, even back the Kickstarter, I'm like, I got to go home and look this up. Cause I, I don't know a whole lot about it. And yeah. I watched a ton of videos and I, I got to go tomorrow and get it. And all five copies were gone. Oh. And I was just like, Oh man. But uh, you were saying about Wonderland's War? Yeah. So that one, like the first time I taught it, it was really hard to teach it. Like it, people weren't were getting frustrated and everything. And then the second time I taught it, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to teach it backwards and teach phase two before phase one. And it worked so much better. Like the person understood it more. We were playing faster. It just flowed better. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> no, you're fine. My voice goes out. <laughs> so it's it's like from game to game, you kind of have to find that right teach. Does uh, when you're learning a game, do you and Morgan sit down together? Or oh no, do you no, do it, it, it. It's it's all me. It's like Mitch. Here's the, here's the rule book. Figure it out and come back in a half hour or whenever you have it done and teach me. Uh, she will she'll set up the game she'll go through the setup section but when it goes to like player or turn order like she's done it's if if rodney smith doesn't have a video on it then it's it's up to me to read the rule book and figure it out makes sense yeah i totally yeah. get that but that's pretty admirable too that she'll like she'll put in the rodney f- effort right like yeah <laughs> watch that video yeah that's perfect. So I'm going to jump back to something that I normally cover at the very beginning. But sure. how did you get into board games? Um, let's see. My brother was really big into Magic the Gathering. And one of his uh, man, this was over 10 years ago, maybe 13 years ago. How old am I? 30. <laughs> so I was 17 at the time uh, was when I really got into the board games because my brother was in Magic the Gathering and one of his friends had just opened up a card or game store so he came home one day uh with zombies because they had a small board game section in there 
and me and him played it and i just i was like oh man there's something better than monopoly like this is this is fantastic and zombies is a very like take that game where you're just playing card after card where it's like your friend found a shotgun but you can play a like a counter card where it's like oh you have butterfingers you dropped the shotgun you just lost that equipment <laughs> and i i think that really took off from there cuz then my next game that i got was I, I wish I did research because it was a huge jump. I did uh, Battlestar Galactica was the one that oh. I bought. And that's such a heavy game to be like an <laughs> intro game for somebody. And, but all my friends loved it. And I was the only one who actually watched the show. And we just really enjoyed that social deduction aspect of the fact that one amongst us is a traitor. And I, I think still to this day, that's one of my favorite uh, mechanics is the, the hidden traitor. That is really cool. And good job grabbing that game while you could right <laughs> oh yeah definitely i i wish i would have got the expansions when they're available oh man yeah oh if we knew now yeah, yeah i remember seeing that game in a store and just being like huh i've never watched this show but this looks cool to me yeah it, it's definitely they well they redid it with uh unfathomable uh in the yeah. arkham horror setting uh, it, it's okay. I played it. I got them both sitting right next to each other on the shelf. It's a little blurry because of my lights, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, they're both up there. And I think I still prefer Battlestar Galactica over over Unfathomable. It's it's good, but that the theme just never quite landed for me. That's what I've heard is that Unfathomable doesn't quite. It just like doesn't quite hit the mark. It's yeah. It's it's a close alternative if you don't have access to the original. Yeah. So did you get Morgan into board games or did she did she come pre game ready? Uh, I would say I got her into it because we growing up, we had a, the, a similar friend group to where we were always interacting with one another, even before we started dating to where I believe we were looking for a lighter game throughout me and my buddies. They were like, what, what can we get the girls to play that, that we're all hanging out with? Uh, so we picked up Munchkins. And then from there, it um, it kind of just took off like we got all of the, not all, but a lot of the Munchkin expansions. And then uh, she just started looking at uh, other games. And we had to be limited for a while when when her and I started dating because we, we weren't living together. We were still with our parents at the time. And we were just keeping the board games in the back of my car and just like one of those little tote bags to where it's like, we oh we got we to gotta keep our board game selection small. Like, well, yeah, it would be nice to go out and like buy the, the hotness or or the, the newest releases. But we, we got to keep it limited. I, I only have so much trunk space. Yeah. Uh, but as, as soon as we bought our house and we bought our house a couple years ago, I, I converted this closet into shelving space and just filled it within within a year. And now I have nowhere to put these origin games I just got. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> when we bought our house, you know, before my wife was like, we're running. You can't get more games. You don't have any space for it. And I was like, well, that's why we need a house, you know? <laughs> yeah. And now she's saying the same thing now. Like, you're running out of space. You can't get more games. And I'm like, no, I can't. Yes. Yeah. You, there's always room. Room is should be an afterthought of like, where am I going to put this? It shouldn't be exactly. the deciding factor. Yeah. See, you get it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, and so what was the process kind of, I know, eventually, do, I assume you wanted to start the channel and bring her along? Yeah, no, I I feel like a lot of people watching someone, I, at some point, you always say like, oh, well, well, I could do that. And yeah. then 
I so I said that while we were just sitting on the couch watching someone and she's like, you know what? I think you could. And I was like, all right, let's see what it takes. And we thought we were going to do maybe five videos and kind of get chased off the Internet to where (laughs) (laughs) people were just going to like hate us so much. But it's it's been the exact opposite of it to where everyone has been very welcoming and just offering their support. And there's there's always like the same three or four people that are commenting on my videos and mess sending me messages to really like, hey, I've watched you from day one. And it's like you keep getting better. So it's like keep it up. And like that that drive of people uh, telling you you're doing a good job really helps keep you going, um, especially against those negative comments that you that make their way through every now and then. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine like. Because the way the YouTube does, the YouTubes, I felt like a little person. <laughs> the, the YouTubes, yeah. <laughs> I meant to say the YouTube comment section is such so much more interactive than like podcasting. Like people have to submit reviews. I can't reply to those or anything other than like bringing them up on my podcast. Uh, but <laughs> it's such a like much more conversational. And, you know, you end your videos with like, Hey, tell us what your favorite board game accessories are. Tell us what your favorite couple games are. You know, those types of things. Yeah, you're trying to keep it open and start a dialogue with the people that are watching us. Yeah, exactly. And I think you, as the videos that I've seen, at least, you do a good job of that, of being like, let's interact. Yeah, tr- yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's one thing that I've learned from watching other people. Uh, like, I, I probably would never have ended my videos unless, like, I... I was actually one day taking notes about how some of the bigger content creators uh, structure their videos. Um, and I'm, I'm still doing that to this day, just taking notes as to like how they're doing it. But that was one thing that I noticed how they always end their videos almost with like a question to keep, keep their audience and audience engaged. I really appreciate that. And, you know, we, my wife and I watched the uh, accessories one together and we were talking about that and she was like, oh, I've never seen that type of thing. Or, oh, well, you mentioned the Levity Game Stickers. Oh, yes. Which yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a Utah guy. <laughs> I <Yeah>. know him. <laughs> that That's awesome. Those stickers are, are, are so great. Morgan found yeah. those. And it's just like every time we get it, we get a game and I'm like, man, these uh, these meeples or tokens are they're a little bland. I wonder if there's some <laughs> stickers to spruce them up a bit. Yeah, I love that idea. And he Ammon is his name and like just coming up with that idea is such an elegant solution. Like you always wish, you know, I think people were saying the, uh, Oh, there was a game recently and now I can't remember, but like the silk screen, um, print or, you know, silk screen print. Is that what you call it? Why am I being weird about this? Uh, I, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the, uh, is it, Silk print? Something like that. Screen print? Um, Maybe it's just screen print. Maybe it's not silk. silk, I don't don't think it's always silk. (laughs) Yeah, well, whatever it is. It could be. (laughs) Yeah, really nice, luxurious silk screen print. Um, (laughs) But, like, that adds so much just being able to use a sticker. Like, you don't have to print it on. I mean, even I see Arnak on your... Yeah, that, I, oh, that one when that one came with stickers, I was really surprised yeah. by that. But I was disappointed in the amount of baggies for that game. I feel like I was one baggie short. Yes, I agree. I feel like so many games do that. I liked that that was your first thing you talked about on there was like baggies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I always joke like... Uh, I think we went on a trip and I was like, if they ever look in our suitcase and they just see like 
a pile of baggies. What are they going to think? <laughs> right, why, why, why are you traveling with almost like a Ziploc of, of Ziplocs? Like, what, what's going on here? Yeah, it's this is nothing. It's nothing. It's like yeah, scratch yeah. my arm. No, no, no. <laughs> it's for yeah, components, yeah. okay? Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's for high quality components. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, I just like those types of things. I love accessories. And some of those I, I'm definitely going to have to go check out. Go check. I mean, that kind of brings me naturally to what your other videos are. Like um, you do a lot of top tens. Yes. Um, you have some reviews and overviews, uh, but what's, uh, what's kind of your, the way you pick things like what you want to do. Um, well, we're trying to stick to a video every Sunday. And so the Saturday of, I'll just look at Morgan. And I'm like, I got to come up with something. We got to, <laughs> <laughs> we got to figure this out. I don't have a whole lot of time to film and edit. Uh, but, uh, we're, that, that's kind of how the first five weeks went of running our channel, but, um, we're actually getting more structured now to where Morgan has a just list of video ideas that, that we can cover now. It's just about finding the time and finding out when, um, posting those would, uh, gain the most views. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. if you can post them right around the same time that you believe other content creators are going to do it, then uh, all the videos will kind of feed into one another to where it's like, oh, you like this person's top 10 accessories. Well, this person just posted a top 10 accessories to where I always thought it was the other way around to where it was um, almost like you're competing for views. And you are in a sense. But after after one person watches the video, it's like it's just going to suggest that exact same style of video to someone else. So but being first in, in that those series of other content creators, all let's say if everyone did a top 10 accessories, if you're first, it's going to recommend your video more is what I've noticed. Oh, OK, so I mean, the, I could be mistaken, but that's what we found has worked for us. And we are trying to get more into single video reviews, but um, it's from the couple that I've done, it doesn't seem like my audience really cares about one game at a time. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, if I want to watch someone else talk about Azul, I'll go over there or, or stuff like that. But those are, those are the videos that uh, a lot of publishers look for. Like I want you to dedicate a whole video to my game and, and essentially sell it to people because that's what anyone in the content creation business is doing. They're trying to sell themselves to like a publisher and like, hey, like I, I have this audience. Um, I'm selling myself to you. I can sell your game. Now, I'm never trying to sell someone a bad game or I will always recommend games that I firmly believe are good. But I'll, I'm never, never going to recommend something bad. And I, I just want people to know what is out there for them. And if if present the game in the best way possible so that way you can make an accurate choice of mm-hmm. if the game is for you. I, I'm sorry. I started rambling. I don't even know if I answered your question. You nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I do think you do a great job of like honest, you know, like sometimes you watch a review. I was, I was watching the Queens garden. Yes. I mean, I have mixed feelings about that one. Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't get to finish it before we started this, but you know, I had watched maybe 10 minutes of it. So I got a good chunk of it. I think it's like a 15 minute video or something. Yeah. And and it was you were talking about, you know, like, well, I, this is what we like this. Uh, I don't think I, I didn't like this so much. So, like, I'm hoping that the other two games, the I always call it Frank Sinatra's glass stained glass. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
and then Summer Pavilion, like that. That's more of a middle ground. Which Summer Pavilion is my favorite. Um, oh, I haven't played that one yet. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I, b- I believe my mom has that one. We got that one for for Mother's Day because we're going on okay. a beach vacation with her soon. She's like, I want to play beach game. I was like, I've, I think that might look kind of cool playing it, you know, at the beach house. Yeah. So. I, Summer Pavilion's got good colors on there and it, it's pretty. I like it. That's yeah. a great. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's go. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say it's I like it more than regular as well because it's got a little more complicated. OK, yeah, I know. I mean, I heard like base Azul is the lightest of the of the four for the weight. And then the the other two are just a slight step up. And from what I've looked up, Queen's Garden is is way up there. It's like almost. Yeah, it, it's 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 got a quite a big jump. Yeah, which we're really disappointed in because my wife keeps seeing it and being like, oh, I really this looks great. You know, we love Summer Pavilion, but I feel like it'll be from everything I've looked at and heard. It's like. This is going to be too much. Yeah. You're not going to like this one. I mean, a lot of people uh, from what I looked up complained about having to pay the cost of placing a tile piece into your garden. But I, at the same time, you're when you're playing bases and you're trying to fill out that bottom row, uh, you're, you're throwing away those four pieces. What is that? If not a cost to, to put that into your wall. So that's true. I mean, that, that's the way I looked at it. I, I did playing it in doing the video. I didn't have that mindset. But after watching everyone complain about it, I'm like, oh, there sort of is, is a cost in the original. Yeah. Like if you think about it this way, just adjust the the angle you're looking at it. Right. Right. So, well, nice. Sorry, I got us distracted on Azul there because no, that was I, what I was watching. Ben, we were talking about the overview stuff. Right. <laughs> uh, getting back to the overviews. Uh, I'm, that's one thing I'm trying to get better at. Like you said, we only have a few overview and reviews. And I did a small segment called Board Games and Blankets uh, when it was one of those Saturdays where I just needed to get out a video to where I'm like, I'm going to film <laughs> while I'm laying on a couch and just talk about a board game. And then I'll get B-roll of a late era and just throw it over top of me talking. And after doing those videos, like I actually started losing subscribers, each one that I would post. I'm like, oh, people don't like this at all. Like, this is too casual of just someone sitting on the couch talking about a game. So, yeah, I was like, okay, that's not what my audience wants to see or what anyone wants to see, apparently. But (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I can understand how that might make someone uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like. They came for a, they come expecting a certain quality or a, yeah. a certain style. That yeah. You when I'm literally laid back, just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, today we're talking about Gravwell. It's just, <laughs> uh, I mean, I would watch that. I'm so casual that I just, you know, there's, there's almost no structure to this. No, I'm open to rants. You know, I, like, I like the way you do it. It always feels like you're talking with a, a lifelong friend. And that, that's why I listen yeah. to your podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was fishing for compliments. Oh, there. So there, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Five, big one. five star review, too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what about outside of board games? Uh, outside of board games, Morgan and I would travel a lot, but not so much recently. This was, uh, our origins trip was the first time we've traveled since COVID. So it it was a little bit daunting at first. Uh, I, I used to play a lot of video games. I'm kind of getting away from that, uh, as of late and way more into board games. 
uh, and uh, hiking. We do a lot of hikes as well. Oh, and uh, d and I'm playing in a regular 5e campaign and uh, uh, the SW 5e, which is the Star Wars fan version 5e. And that that's been a lot of fun. Just I uh, haven't got a live game in in almost two years now, though. It's all been online. But I, I find that D&D works fairly well. You know, any TTRPG works fairly well online. Like, yeah, you don't it, need it too much. You don't need it. Um, I nice. it, it is it is nice. Uh, when I was the DM, I would always use uh, a lot of physical props. Like um, I did a, a homebrew campaign uh, off of like Captain Planet, essentially. It was still oh set. Goodness. It was still set in a fantasy setting, and it was actually using characters from a previous campaign that I had ran in person. And I used uh, these rings, and I got all my players uh, these different rings that glow in the dark uh, for them to summon that that realm's version of Captain Planet to fight the the big bad evil guy at the end <laughs> and so i mean i always liked using physical props like that for a live play but since i had planned that before covid i had already had the ring so i had to like i had to mail them out to people when we switched over uh to to remote play uh but maps maps are fantastic or like sometimes i use puzzle boxes that are like i'm like oh you find this metal cylindrical tube and they're like, oh, what does it look like? And I just pull it out of my backpack and set it on the table. And it's actually one of those uh, uh, maze boxes that you have to rotate and twist in order to open it up. Oh, I, I love the physical props. And that's the one thing I really miss about live or in-person D&D is seeing yeah. a player's reaction of putting something physical on the table that they weren't expecting. That is cool. I like that. Do you prefer DMing or playing? As a uh, you're still playing as a DM. Right. Yeah, you're still playing. I it, it, I like both. Uh, DM is definitely more exhausting or draining at times, especially when you've kind of got to enter. You're, you're not entertaining everyone, but all eyes are kind of on you to progress the story. And if there's any lulls in combat, they're just like, oh, man, like, why did you put 20 guys in this room? And like, we're not hitting them. And it's like, oh, the acid trap comes in and like their hit points are halved now. Uh, <laughs> but uh so i mean dm is way more stressful but uh i i i think i prefer that more <laughs> so yeah definitely definitely i gotta go dm okay nice i like that i yeah. i totally get it i like being in control and i you know people are like why well, i'm not playing uh as I'm, I'm the dm type thing and i'm like well you still are playing because you don't know what your players are going to do. Like you right. got to improv your way through it. Yeah. The improv is, is a key component to any DM. Like if, yeah. if your, if your story goes one way, you got to figure out how your big bad guy is going to be that way. Potentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah. if they aren't going to fight the bad guy and they're just like, I'm just going to talk my way out of it. And they roll well enough and they yeah. are convincing enough. You're just like, cool. You just bypassed like three sessions. I just planned. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I I had a like uh, some demon come into like a like a courtroom at one point and I didn't know my one of my players had the banish spell and oh, he never. he banished it and I'm like oh I have nothing to stop that yeah that was a mini boss fight you just skipped uh, please proceed <laughs> with your your court hearing 
<laughs> yes, yes. Prepared. I am prepared. <laughs> uh, the worst experience I've had, which was also the one of the most interesting, not worst. I mean, it was still fun. Yeah. was that they like bypassed a big fight that I had planned. And I was like, this was going to be the end, you know, like of that session was the end of that fight, essentially. And they just like totally skipped it. And so then I had to like, just kind of ramp because I hadn't planned beyond that really. Like I had some minor ideas, but I was just like, I guess, I guess now you can do this. Like, (laughs) and then I like tried to throw in little breadcrumbs and they weren't following those. And so it ended up just being like kind of a filler session. It still ended up entertaining, but like, you know, it was just like, Oh, what do you guys do on your free time? You know, like when you're not hunting monsters, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't. I, I always like when a player like comes up with like some speculative theory of which way it's going to go, and you're like, "Oh, that's way better than anything I ever <laughs> had planned." Yeah, yes. you figured it out. Oh, geez. <laughs> that was my plan all yeah. along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I did hear this interview earlier this week. I think about another uh, a D and D podcast. And they said, like, listening to fans or seeing fans predict how it was going to end was really interesting. And at first they felt bad. And then they're like, no, because that just it means it makes sense and that it's it actually will be satisfying. Whereas if it wasn't necessarily predictable, predictable, it might feel like not as fulfilling, like people have these hopes that they want to see come to fruition. And if they meet that then it's more satisfying than if it went a completely different direction. Right. I thought that was interesting. I know it's always about finding that balance of managing their expectations and giving them a little twist ending at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You still want those surprises, but you got to hit those marks. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I totally get that. Um, I do see a mass effect poster behind you. Yes. No, arguably one of the best video games. Yeah. Yes. Um, minus the last five minutes of Mass Effect 3. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Everything leading up till that, you know, is was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I love even the indoctrination theory. I don't know if you ever heard anything about that. Um, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, I can we can do the whole podcast about this if you want. Yeah, let's <laughs> dive into this, please. <laughs> sure. Um, so at the end of Mass Effect, how uh Commander Shepard uh has has just a single pistol out and your oh, so spoiler alerts for anyone who hasn't played Mass Effect or Mass Effect three, uh, even though the game has been out for a decade plus now. <laughs> um, as you're walking towards that, that final like energy beam that will lift you into like this, the Citadel like secret station. Um, there's a, an explosion that happens and then it kind of like cuts away um, to where you're not quite sure if you made it into the the center and then there's just a 10 second clip to where it's like oh did he make it and then you start talking to uh commander shepherd or not commander shepherd i'm sorry uh, admiral anderson and uh the elusive man to where it's like they believe all of this is a dream that's trying to trick you that really you're being indoctrinated by the Reapers and depending on like how you resolve that conflict and then going into the little uh, talking to the ghost child at the end, uh, pick, 
choosing the red option is is the best option because you break your indoctrination theory and then Commander Shepard just dies to where you never actually save the day in that theory. Uh, you, you didn't even make it up there. It's just like a mind hallucination, a fever dream in your last moments. And I was like, that, hmm. I would take that ending over, you know, the three different colors, you know, the, <laughs> the red, blue, green. Yeah, no, this it was a fever dream. It didn't happen. He died. Yeah, oh, that is interesting. It, huh. it's, I did a poor job of explaining it. But if if anyone looks it up later, send me a message and let me know what you think. <laughs> well, didn't they aren't they planning a new one like with Shepard? You see that I, I saw the, the little teaser of it. But I'm not quite sure if Commander Shepard's going to be in it or like because they revived him already in Mass Effect 2. Yeah. Yeah. He came back. So are they just going to do that again? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's just a repeat of two, but different, I guess. Yeah, I I, I would still play it. (laughs) Yeah. Keep pulling that same that same stick. So two is a lot of people's favorites. So why not? If it works. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Just do that. But better. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, I liked Andromeda. I know a lot of people hated on an Andromeda, but I thought it added some really cool and different things and thought it was good. I, I enjoyed it, too. I just thought that um, uh, what was the AI's name in that? Sam? I thought Sam was I, I think it was uh, wh- wh- either way, whatever his name was. Sam, Michael, Scott. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I thought he was going to turn evil at the end because there's a, a few scenes that kind of foreshadowed that he was going to take over your body and kind of in my mind that going back to uh, expectations of D&D, I'm like, oh, they're setting this up to where the AI is going to take control of your body. And this is why AIs are bad. And then <laughs> none of that happened. And I was just like, well, uh, OK, uh, that's not what I wanted, but it was OK. <laughs> yeah. It was something. <laughs> I, I'll take something over nothing. Yeah, exactly. It was it was good. Good and good enough, I guess. And I don't it, know. You know, that's what I always shoot for in my videos. It's just good enough. So good <laughs> like enough. I could take that any day. Hey, same. I totally feel that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sometimes you don't make it, and that's fine. You you yeah. know, you hit you miss the mark. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, with, with that board games and blanket series, just missed it. You know, three, <laughs> with three of those videos. So are those are those still up? Yeah, I will never remove a video because I like okay. to look back as to other content creators, their journeys that they have from, yeah. you know, the starting their channel to where they are now to where I will leave every video up to where you can see my first video is just me at my kitchen table with a plain background and terrible audio and a blurry <laughs> camera that keeps trying to autofocus. Yeah, that that'll be up forever. Nice. I like that. I dig it. I literally just before we started this saw that I still had two videos up from 2018 where I tried to like I was just doing nerd culture. So I was like talking about Miles Morales and uh, and then I did one talking about uh, Last Man on Earth, the TV show, you know, like I was just talking about things that I really, really loved um, because I big comic book nerd and everything. And yeah. So I went and I hid those. I made them private because okay. I was like, oh, these are so bad. And like editing video is so hard. Yeah, no, it can be. I, I was fortunate enough. I took a, a video editing class in in high school and then one early college before I decided what my major was going to be. So I, I knew a little bit of editing software going into it, but I'm still learning with with each video. 
Yeah, that is nice. I mean, technology keeps on advancing. Some ways it makes it easier. In other ways, it's a little more complicated, but cooler. Like you can do cooler things. Yeah. So it's a it's a cool process. What do you do, uh, if you don't mind me asking, in your profession? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually a flow control specialist or a logistics specialist for one of the the big name shippers. And I'm uh, I'm not going to say which one, just in case they start watching it, because I, I think a couple of times I do make comments about the quality of of shipping these days. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want anyone coming after me for that. But yeah. uh, I'm actually transitioning to an, an oper- uh, operations supervisor uh, role right now for for them. So it's it's interesting. I That's that, that's uh, it's going to be a, one heck of a move because I'm going from an AC office to to the floor where it's hitting summer and 90 degree days to where I'm just drenched in sweat each day telling people what to do. Dang, that's crazy. Is that kind of what you went to school for? Oh, not at all. I went to school for uh, computer maintenance and network repair. And I tried to get into um, that uh, at, at the company that I work for. And they were just like, yeah, you know, we're not really hiring. And then COVID hit and then they... Reduced that whole IT department in half. They're like, I think we can get away from having you know a part time guy work from home and then only one person on site for each facility. Oh, so I was like, okay, so that's that's not going to happen here. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it worked out. You know, you are where you are. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I enjoy it. It's it's not bad. It pays the bills and affords board games for me. So yes. That's the important thing, right? This isn't right. a cheap hobby. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's it's an expensive hobby. By far more expensive than video games. Yeah, oh yeah, for it's, sure. Every time but, I tell people that, they're just like, what do you mean? Like PS5's gone for, you know, $500, $600. Well, you know, that's that's three high quality games with all the, all the, <laughs> the nice components. Yeah, the upgraded bits. Hey, yeah. Marvel Zombicide is more expensive all in than than a ps5 <laughs> yeah my gosh did you back that one i, I, I couldn't pull yeah. you did oh yeah i could have pulled the trigger on that one i was like ah, that's that's too rich for my blood <laughs> i'm just such a big marvel nerd i was like should i and i've been liking painting and everything and so i thought like yeah there's like multiple layers to this this game that i'll i'll get enjoyment after or out of but i don't know maybe i regret it i don't know there's like that's pit in my stomach where i'm just like oh man did i go too far now once you get the box and open everything up you're just, eh, it's it's gonna be good right thanks thank yeah. you yeah, i mean i'm i'm, I'm i got that uh that fomo a little bit you know fear of missing out to where it's like ah should i if i at least went in on the base set of that game i i just never know i have the base zo- uh, zombicide or zombicide black pa- uh, plague is what i got and i'm oh, a okay. huge marvel fan as well but i was just thinking I haven't even beat uh, Black Plague yet to where I can't justify getting another Zombicide. That makes sense. Yeah, for me, I'm like, I'm a little bit bummed because had I known them, well, I don't know, because the Undead or Alive was the year before, right? And it still hasn't been delivered. And I've never played a (laughs) Zombicide game. Yeah. But I hear good things. It's co-op. So, like, I'm sure I'll get it played with my wife at least once. Um, But the... Like the undead are alive. I had to back because it's like part. There's Native Americans as heroes in there, and I'm part Native American, so I was just like, oh, and I love how they approach that. Like, I need to support this because they did this really cool thing and they they handled it correctly. 
Um, so, but at the same time, I'm like, well, once Marvel Zombicide comes, I probably won't play <laughs> the cowboy <laughs> one, you know, like right. the Western one. But I don't know. Anyways, I'm rambling. No, you're fine. <laughs> Have you been able to get your wife, uh, uh, Kimberly, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Have you been able to get her in a, in a heavier games? I, I think I listened to an episode that you two did um, uh, near Christmas when she was getting time oh, off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and she was uh, doing a little bit lighter games at that time from what I remember. Yeah. They're still fairly light ish. I mean, medium. Yeah. I definitely don't think I could get her into like a heavy, heavy game. Although she did play Gloomhaven with me. She played Gloomhaven. Whew. Okay. Yeah, That's she- one I haven't even opened up yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's intense. I see the Jaws of the Lion on your shelf. Yeah. yeah I got that back there too. I got a lot of unplayed games. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not going to stop me from buying them, but <laughs> <laughs> no shelf of opportunity. You have to build that. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's, it's no a, shame. Got cornerstone in any, you know, a hobbyist is a shelf yeah. of opportunity. It's funny because earlier this year I was like bragging to somebody how I only had one or two games on my shelf of opportunity. And now I have like, I don't know, 15 plus, you know, I just, I don't even want to count. Uh, I got quite I a few more than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. I think, uh, especially with this origins hall, I think mine was already at uh, the high thirties. So with, Ooh. yeah. Yeah, it's a little rough. And then I just came home with 20 more. So (laughs) let's uh, what's your what's of your shelf of shame that you can think of off the top of your head? What is the one that you want to get played most? The one that I want to get played most. Oh, man. Well, I got to decide between 50 games. Let me look. I know. Uh, (laughs) I'm asking the hard hitting questions, you, you man. Really are. I'm, deep. I came unprepared for this this interview and podcast. I wasn't wasn't <laughs> expecting that one. Uh, let's see. Well, I mean, I think probably, it's probably recency biased, but uh, the Cowboy Bebop deck building game, uh, deck building and social deduction and hidden trader uh, are my favorite component uh, mechanics. So uh, and Cowboy Bebop, Morgan and I just watched the Netflix series. I haven't even watched the anime. What? Uh, no, no, I haven't. I know it's only oh, what goodness. twenty episodes. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, it'll, it'll take uh, half half a weekend. You know, one day. Yeah, but I I think pro- it's probably recency biased. But that's the one I'm most excited for right now. Uh, that and I mean I've played it before, but Moonshine Empire. I want to get to the table. I only played it once, and that was my number one game. I just really want to play it with my brothers because that I know that theme's going to land for them, and it's not always getting not always easy getting my brother to play that one. I totally get that. I can relate to that. I see, man. I'm just like looking at your shelf now. I'm like Nemesis is probably my number one shelf of shame uh, opportunity. It's it's so good. I, I kind of. <sighs> Uh, let's see here. Like I can see a little more of it. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> the, the funny part is, like, that's I have way more games in the living room right now because I had just taken out a whole bunch. I had a friend up here that was visiting, so I, I got games in the living room and on the dining room table. It's, mm. it's like I I got to squeeze more of them back in. Yeah, and Morgan's talking about calling some of these, and I'm not I'm not ready for that. We pulled some out. She's Ooh. like, well, "These these got to go. We got to make room." I'm like, "But we haven't." Some of them we haven't played. <laughs> we have to at least try it. Yeah. What if we like it? What if it's really good? What if it's yeah. our, our, our new top favorite game? Yeah, exactly. Um, what is your favorite game? I don't think we talked about that. 
Um, Moonshine Empire, because I, I know I can even get my dad to play that one. Uh, should okay. like I ever get him to my house to to play a game and convince him, like, I know you'd really like this. It's it's very simple. Pick up and deliver to where you're moving your meeples around of, you know, just trying to deliver jug of moonshine to Pappy's Tavern and fill customer <laughs> orders. Meanwhile, you're trying to avoid the cops in the in the bayou and you're jumping between ATVs and airboats. And I, I know I could sell him on that game and get him to play it. Uh, but that one doesn't get as played as often. I only played it once. My next favorite game would probably be Battlestar Galactica. We talked about oh, that one already. I love that game. I'll, I'll play it anytime. After that, uh, Mystic Veil vale has been moving up. That transparent card crafting game where you're druids trying to build mm-hmm. out your, your forest. I uh, the, the time I opened up a tra- uh, the transparent cards and saw that you can see through it and you build the, the cards themselves for a deck builder, it, it blew my mind. I was, I was in love with it. That is awesome. Um, yeah, well, that's perfect. On that note, let's do Ridiculous Theme. Yeah, sure. Uh, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, do you have one? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, this is the one thing I prepared for because I knew it was yes. coming. Yeah. So um, yeah. keeping keeping in with, you know, the origins trip that my fiance Morgan and I just went on. Um, I was thinking maybe you are a board game company that is competing to design board games. So it would have a bidding mechanic to where you're trying to get game designers on retain. So uh, you and all the other board game companies, uh, other players are bidding on game designers to come to your company. And this it's going to be a transparent card system to where once you get them, you'll sleeve them in a card and then you have to draft different game mechanics and player accounts and you slide that in. So it's got that. I went way in depth on this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's got that element and then you need to bid on your booth that you're going to have at a board game convention to sell these games that you're crafting uh, in your cards to where uh, if you're in booth uh, one, you're going to have access to people as they come into the convention. You'll have first pick of the people coming in. And if the games that you designed in this card crafting system, if um, if let's say you had like, you know, John DeClaire craft it and you were, were able to draft the space theme and you slid that in there and it's two to five player account. Yeah, that's going to meet two two out of the three needs that the one player has coming in to where, yeah, you could sell them that game and get money that you'll use for the next round or the next year's convention. Uh, I don't I have no idea what it would be called, but I mean, that's just kind of where my mind went of of card crafting system. So it was nice to have that Mystic Veil segue kind of introducing that. That's that's exactly how I would approach it. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, I've talked about doing like a convention type game before, but I don't think in that way. I really okay. like the transparent idea, the transparent cards and be able to like build the game and sell it and then earn money so that, you know, your next project can be bigger and fancier. Like you can afford to put more cool things in and hit those like marks for everybody. Uh, But I imagine there's some people that are like, Ooh, I am hard against that. So the more things you put in as well might deter people. Right. You know, right. You may hit every mark, except they don't want a sci-fi game and you put that in there and you're just, they're just like, Oh, never mind. Yeah, and, and depending on what booth you have, if if you decided to not spend as much money, you could be like a booth further out down in the convention. Oh, so you'll go. you'll have last pick of uh, the 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 customers coming into the convention to where you know 
some people might come down and they, they might not be the ones that you're hoping for because they already bought board games earlier on. Yeah, that's fair. Like I've worked at conventions before, um, not for board games, but that's totally how it works too. Like people have made it to booths that are similar or like hit that place for them that they want and they see yours and it's just like, oh, well, if I saw you earlier, I probably would have tried this, uh, but I already got my my fill type thing. Right, right. Or I only yeah. came in with so much money to spend and I blew it all on that booth before, so... Exactly. Yeah. I like that idea. That's a great, that's a, that's very well thought out. <laughs> yeah. I was, ta- I was talking to Morgan about it. I'm like, did I think too much into this game? Like let's, let's get with AEG. I think that transparent card crafting <laughs> system, I think it's exclusively theirs now. I, I think they, <laughs> I think they put a patent on it or something. So she's like, no, um, I think that's good. I'm like, I'll come up with some other ones too, just in case that's too much. No, no, that was perfect. Okay. I mean, hey, you can always throw out more. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, with with wedding planning coming up now, we were talking about like, what if we did something like decorum to where it's like the bride and the groom are trying to plan like seating arrangement, but they're very passive aggressive towards one another to where they don't want to say, oh, my <laughs> uncle doesn't want to sit next to your aunt. So they, they just give gen- vague hints and subtleties to one another. And then your wedding day comes and you get a score based on how happy your your guests are. That is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. I was actually, so my ridiculous theme was the wedding planning. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That was perfect because you went, you went for like a kind of more specific of like, you know, the actual event. Mine was just like prepping it in a certain amount of time and scoring it that way. But I like like, those other obstacles to it and um yeah and scoring it off like based off your guests and i imagine too like you have your wants but they you know you also want your bride to be happy and that's probably more important to you but the bride wants you to be happy so there's like certain things that are kind of give and take but would it be do you think that's a co-op game or do you think that's a little bit versus or like semi-co-op I feel like it would be co-op. Um, may- maybe there would be different objective cards um, that, you know, one player plays as a bride, one plays as a groom or, you know, yeah. um, or two grooms or two brides. You know, we can be all inclusive here. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. But but you get an objective card and your objectives could be three things like, oh, I want my my groom's happiness to be above a certain number. So you got to make sure that that they meet a certain number of their needs. And and then like, oh, I also want to make sure like my my mom or mother-in-law you know uh has has this song play or something like that it is yeah i imagine yeah like kind of a deck that gives you objectives as you go throughout of like you know you just draw it and it says like yeah mother-in-law needs this wants this song to play so she can dance with her daughter or whatever you know like uh daddy daughter dance or i know i'm putting like straight stuff in here but of course all inclusive type stuff i'm just doing it because you are getting married and (laughs) right right i'm I'm only thinking about what's happening in my life right now exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) just very stressed out about all that (laughs) daddy son dance all that stuff you know it's all inclusive yeah i yeah i think the player maybe you don't even have to assign it you probably don't have to assign a gender you just have two players and you're playing as like you know yeah, one of the people getting married, so you, you you don't even necessarily need like 
bride or groom? What would that be? What's uh, what's the gender neutral marriage participants person getting oh, married? Wow. That's a good question. Ooh, the the wedding. The wedding. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> the wedding. The wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm sure there's got to be a word for it, right? Like. Right, but I, I just don't know what it is. I don't. I don't know either. I'm gonna have to learn it. Anyway, oh, well, great. Okay. Those are some good ridiculous themes. Yours was very well thought out. So bravo. Thank you. I, <laughs> I just started like coming up with this on the drive home. Um, I, I I even came up with the third one, but I mean I could save that for another no, time. Share <laughs> yeah, if you're ready. Sure. Yeah. No. Um. So everyone's playing as a DoorDash or Uber Eats delivery person. And orders are popping up on on the board and you have your little car and you are trying to get to the orders before other people. And you don't know what the tip is till you've completed the order, uh, but delivering it to their house on the board. Uh, But you can pick up other orders along the way, but you only have so many uh, turns or rounds to to get there. And uh, it's going to be called 20 minutes or less. To where you got, <laughs> you'll have you know four rounds. Each round's five minutes to get uh, someone's delivery to them. Otherwise, you don't get paid. And yeah, I mean that that was my last one I came up with. I was I wasn't sure which one I was going to do, but we did all three. Nice, that is really awesome. I actually played a prototype that was somewhat similar to that. I think oh. it even played in four rounds, but it was like you could. It was it was more generic in some ways where it was like fries, shake, uh, burger, hot dog type thing. So there were like certain things that you could have and you could just like pick those up and try and fulfill orders. You weren't moving across the board. So I like that. Like that's a bit more expansive and uh, it would be really interesting to see. So this one was like a light game. Okay. I mean, I, I would play it. I mean, if I'm just thinking every time I think of a, a board game idea. I always try to Google it, see yeah. if it's already a thing to where Morgan and I would always we just play this game like, oh, what about like uh, you're you're making a a roller coaster theme park? And I was like, yeah, that's like Meeple Fun Fair. That's that's a thing. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so hard because I mean, that's the ridiculous theme thing is like sometimes I say something and somebody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a game. That's a really yeah. So this one's called Grub Dash. I don't know if there's much out on it right now, but OK, I'll have to look into that because. Yeah, I I would play it. Heck, I came up with that idea. So, no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like, yeah, as I'm just now realizing, like, there's Grubhub and DoorDash. And so it's just Grubdash. That's a good name. I like that. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Anyways, uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Why don't you go ahead and plug your stuff? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was it was a lot of fun. But uh, my name is Mitch Walls from M is for Meeple. Uh, my fiance, Morgan, and I run a YouTube channel called M is for Meeple. And we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at M is for Meeple on all of those. We are able to get the, the handle on all of those no numbers or whatnot. Thank you so much, Mitch, for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure having you on and getting to know you better. If you haven't already, go check out their YouTube, M is for Meeple. It is wonderful. My wife and I really enjoyed watching some videos together and participate in their conversations that they're having. It's it's awesome. I need to do a better job at that on YouTube. So 
As you probably noticed, a lot less editing. I've said this most episodes, but we are on. Uh, summer is always a little bit crazy. I travel more uh, because of work and because my wife is off work. She's a teacher. And so episodes get edited less. I think that next week's episode will be not edited at all. I think there's a good chance. So... I appreciate your patience. It'll go back to normal in a little bit. I have a lot of fun doing this. If you want to support the show, share the show with your friends, share it on your social media, let people know who your favorite guests are or, or a good conversation that was had. You can always interact with me on Twitter at RildNerd. You could leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I think Spotify also has reviews, but I've, I, I'm not super familiar with Spotify. And you could even just, you can rate and or review. Uh, Both go a long way in helping the podcast get seen. I've gotten quite a few written reviews lately, which I am super appreciative for. I know, you know, that I had the one star review for being an outspoken leftist, but I am grateful for the other people. You know, that brought my average down, which kind of, you know, hurts a little. But we've had great podcast for board game entertainment. I just listened to an episode with Kimmy and Riley and loved the banter. Made me want to play all the board games they played together and reviewed. It was also interesting to hear a little about SaltCon. Who knew there was a convention all about board games? Not me. Great podcast for board game enthusiasts enthusiasts <laughs> enthusiasts i'm excited to listen to more five stars uh leafy leafy's crazy uh, a fun listen i enjoyed this podcast it's super fun to listen to it makes me want to play board games and try out new ones let's see trailblazing in the making dream shatara I love that his content focuses on the content creators and his and most passionate people in this space. He's extremely relatable and has a wide variety of topics focusing on board gaming. Give him a shot if you haven't done so already. If you're listening to this, you've already given me a shot. So thank you for that. And thank you for that very kind comment. I appreciate hearing that. I have a lot of fun doing this. And I know that it's different from a lot of board game podcasts where they focus more on the games and I'm focused more on the people and, and who you could get to know the board game captain, good friend of mine, Josh, one of the best podcasts around. This podcast is fantastic. Riley interviews various members of the community about their lives, both inside the hobby and outside as well. Fun, fantastic content. And I think that is all of the new ones. There's several other ones. So I really appreciate all of those reviews. So, so kind. I, Love doing the show, and I, you know, very selfishly, I just get to meet awesome new people like Mitch in this episode. And in a couple of weeks, I've got Randy Flynn. I've got, you know, everybody from the designers to content creators. I haven't met a bad person, and it's so incredible. What an, an what an amazing community. Anyways, enough about that. Uh, if you enjoy listening to me and want to hear other things I do. I do another podcast with my wife and some other friends. It's called Friend Info Adventure Co. It's a bit more explicit, though. So if that's not your thing, that's all right. But it's an actual play podcast set in the Borderlands TTRPG. And we just have a lot of fun doing that. I'm the BM, aka Bunker Master. 
And if you can't tell from that, it is very immature. So, <laughs> which is great for me. I, I'm a, I'm immaturely mature. That I think will about do it. Oh, by the time this comes out yesterday, I will have done two videos. The first one was with was with the Tabletop Express, and it was with Arwen from Cord- Cardboard Time and Chris Barrows from the Tabletop Express. And it was on the Tabletop Express channel. We talked about uh, what was on the table for the month. And so I talked about two games. Go check out that video on YouTube. It was a lot of fun. And then I, I already did that one. I'm in between YouTube recording right now. And so the next one in like 10 minutes, I'll be recording with the board game captain. Normally, Angela, board game grand is there, but she won't be tonight because she is feeling unwell. Hope she gets uh, hope she gets better very soon. I, I miss her. I'm, I'm sad I won't be able to chat with her tonight, at least face to face. Hopefully she'll still be able to pop in the chat and say hello. Um, but she is just incredible. One of the most amazing people in this space. Now that is it. You can go watch those two videos. And I'm sure that I have a couple more YouTube videos coming up. But that, that's all I'm going to talk about for now. Until next time, keep nerding out. A fond memory related to um, board games. Oh, yeah, obviously. I'm not of just going to start talking about the time I went fishing with my dad. <laughs> 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 um, a fond memory related to board games. Uh, 12 years old. The board game awakening has happened a little bit already. My mom and I are at a, a bookstore and we pick up a Harry, Quatter, uh, Harry Potter Quidditch game to where one player is just playing down cards. Like, oh, my. I don't remember. I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, but I loved this little card game Uh, and just playing this game with my mom was a lot of fun. And that really opened the doors of of what I wanted to see in games to where you play one card after another to where it's like, oh, my seeker goes here to try and get the golden snitch. And it's like, oh, my seeker's over here. And then the golden it's called the snitch, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, the the snitch actually moves over here to where now they're in a better position to where if they play a card next to it, just having that experience with my mom, and it was just one a one on one game to where I, I had a lot of fun, and that's having that experience with her of seeing her smile and like teach me a game is something I'll always remember. Mm-hmm.